0: Well, we're just about into Advent. Advent is a time to start preparing your heart for the arrival of Jesus on Earth. Each of us approaches uh, the build-up to Christmas differently. Uh, for many young people, not a lot to think about. You know, you, you go to your parents' house and hope for good presents. Um, for others it's a frenetic time, a time of decorating the house, buying many gifts, perhaps doing some entertaining. For some it's the best time of the year. For others it can be a time that magnifies grief and loss. As a follower of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus there can be a sadness that the season has been taken over By the culture and its true meaning lost. Society's not shy about this. For example, on Christmas Eve last year, a British newspaper ran a letter with the heading Taking the Christ out of Christmas is a welcome and long overdue move. Beside the letter was a photo of a card that said Season's greetings. Thanks. Tim Keller wrote a book called Hidden Christmas to help followers of Jesus to see the true meaning of Christmas that continues to be present, even in a secularized version of the season. So, we're going to do a series over the next few weeks, and we hope to bring a new perspective to how you experience Christmas this season. As Christmas breaks out around you, in your neighborhood and on the high street, we're going to show that much of it still points to Jesus' arrival on earth. Today, I'm going to start with one of the first indications of the Christmas season, the appearance of lights. Lights on trees, on houses, in the streets. They tend to warm our hearts and lift our spirits. Christmas lights are not just decorative. They're also symbolic. Christmas contains many spiritual truths, and one of the main ones is the world is a dark place. And we will never find our way in it or see reality unless Jesus is our light. In the Old Testament, Isaiah 9:2 says, "The people walking in darkness have seen a great light." And in the New Testament, Matthew quotes this exact line at the start of Jesus' ministry to show that Jesus is the light that Isaiah prophesied hundreds of years before. Before going too far into talking about light, let's first talk about darkness. What does darkness mean? In scripture, darkness is used to mean ignorance, error, fear, or evil. I was thinking about how could I persuade you that the world has a lot of darkness? And then I realized, sadly, I don't have to. It is so obvious Just last month, the terrorist group Hamas brutally murdered 1,000 people, over 1,000 people in Israel, most of them civilians, many of them women and children. Consider the desperate plight of Palestinians over the past many decades. We have the unprovoked siege of the Ukraine by Russia. I could go on and on. The Syrian government declaring war on many of its own citizens for the last 10 years or the human trafficking of children around the world, especially girls, and including in this country. These are not just news clips for me. It's very personal. Over the past decade in my role with World Vision, I've met with mothers in the West Bank and Gaza. Here's a photo of a younger Hannah <laughs> with Helen and me visiting the West Bank a number of years ago. Oh, not so many. <laughs> I've, li- I, I've listened to heartbreaking stories from girls who were sold for sex along the border of Thailand. I spent time... That couldn't come down. I spent time with Syrian refugees in Lebanon and in Jordan. One of my deepest connections was with this 14-year-old girl, Norjan, born in Aleppo, Syria, here, a refugee in Beirut, Lebanon. I visited her at her school. This was lunchtime at her school. And then I walked with her from her school to her home, visited her family in her home. I stayed in touch with Dorjan until I lost touch because her father made the decision that being a stranger in a strange land was no longer acceptable, and he took his chances by returning to Syria. I'm very sad to have lost touch with Norjan, but I continue to pray for her every week. As I said, it's personal for me. Of course, darkness isn't just Only these macro evils. In scripture, darkness includes ignorance, error, and fear. Ironically, having more information through the internet, especially social media, has made us more ignorant and susceptible to error. Here's a a headline in the Wall Street Journal. It says, is anything still true? On the internet, no one knows anymore. And and then the the article goes on to say that it used to take uh, the resources of a state to, to, uh, uh, to produce false information, and now you can do it with your own cell phone. Anyone can do it. You can now find persuasive evidence online for almost anything you want to believe. Things that are plainly false become the mainstream truth. Things that are plainly true become viewed as naive or old-fashioned. How do you distinguish for yourself between truth and falsehood? Falsehood. Who is going to shed a trustworthy light on all of this? What about fear? For many of us in the Western world, fear is often unfounded. I, I, like, I like this acrostic for fear. False evidence appearing real. You tell yourself that you're not good enough or not smart enough or have nothing to offer. Well, God is telling you, you are loved. You are uniquely and wonderfully made. And if you open yourself to the light of Christ, he will do things in and through you that are beyond what you could ask or imagine. Oswald Chambers has a great quote on fear. And he uses the phrase fear of God to mean a sense of awe and surrender toward God. This is the quote. The remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Without question, there is darkness in the world. Evil, ignorance, error, and fear. How does the world attempt to address this darkness? Largely, the world battles darkness with tools like counseling, medication, government policies, diplomacy, and technology. All of these tools have some value, but they are insufficient on their own to defeat the forces of fear and evil. There is only one way to overcome darkness. You don't need a special education to understand this. We could ask any child in our church school and they would tell you, you overcome darkness with light. Light in the Bible symbolizes knowledge or understanding, truth and righteousness. The good news that we celebrate at Christmas that I hope you are reminded of every time you see Christmas lights this year is that Jesus came into the world to bring light. He is the light. Isaiah 9 goes on to say, one of the most famous, amazing passages in the Bible. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. For to us a son is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow. And just, just how powerful is this light? Speaking of Jesus, John 1:5 says Hannah quoted this earlier this morning, "The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it." How powerful is the light of Jesus? Far more powerful than the darkness of the world. The light of Jesus overcomes evil. The light of Jesus overcomes lies and falsehood. The light of Jesus overcomes fear. The light of Jesus overcomes all darkness. We we shouldn't just celebrate this at Christmas, we should be stunned by it, lost in wonder, love, and praise. Light reveals the truth of how things really are. It's like the difference between driving at night with your headlights on or your headlights off. Do you want to bring your life into the light? Plato is quoted as saying, we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is that when people are afraid of the light John 3:19 basically says the same thing it says John it says light has come into the world but people love darkness instead of light Is there something in your life that you're keeping in the dark I expect there is Could be pride or self-centeredness, it could be lust or anxiety or a sense of failure. I know there's darkness in me. So I'm 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 committed to keep my life in the light. My my approach is I every day I confess my sin to God. I ask Him to forgive me and change me. I'm in I'm in a group, I'm also in a group with three other men and we pray for each other, hold each other accountable. I said this was personal for me, but it's also personal for you. Whatever is in your life that you're keeping in the dark, a sin, something you're not proud of, a deep pain, I encourage you to bring it to Jesus. He is a wonderful counselor. Jesus lived in the world, He understands what it means to be human. He understands you. He has suffered. He had to be courageous. He was abandoned by friends and crushed by injustice. When you talk to Jesus, he understands what you're going through. Jesus doesn't just point to the light or give a formula for producing light, he is the light. When you turn a light on in a dark room, you don't wonder what's going to win, light or darkness. Similarly, when you fully bring Jesus and his teachings into your life or into any situation, it always brings light that overcomes darkness. The the promises of Christmas start by you admitting that you can't find purpose, meaning, and joy without the light of Jesus' unmerited grace in your life. Isaiah says, to us, a son is given. Jesus' incarnation is a gift. There's an interesting thing about being a gift. You don't obtain the benefit of the gift unless you accept it. If someone sends you a gift and you don't open it, you're no better off than if the gift had never been given. At Christmas, we celebrate that God has given us his son, Jesus. Have you accepted this incredible gift? If not, I encourage you to do so today. The gift has been given. All you need to do is receive him. If you have already received this gift, I want to remind you that the light of Jesus is in your life. And it is a gift that truly keeps on giving. Continuously bring the darkness in your life to Jesus, and he promises to replace it with love, joy, and peace. Every time you see Christmas lights this season, I hope they remind you of the true light who came into the world. Perhaps the Christmas lights will become a prompt to pray for people... To prayer for the people in the house that you're walking past. You see the lights on the house, you pray for the people in the house. To pray for the people at the school event that you're attending. Or to pray for yourself, for courage, gentleness, and kindness, as you bring the light of Christ that is in you into every room that you enter. I, I pray that you will be encouraged in some new way, to embrace Jesus as your wonderful counselor and share him with others as the light of the world. Amen.